1: Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week, just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. This is the Best of Talk of Champions, brought to you by Modern Woodman. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBent on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Kenny Yaboa used to be the tight end for Ole Miss. Now he's preparing for the NFL Draft. Just got off of an impressive performance in the Senior Bowl. Caught a touchdown. The game-winning touchdown. And he joins us now on the Modern Woman phone line. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How are you, doing, Mr. cigarette?
1: I'm good. I'm good. You're back in Pensacola training after the Senior Bowl, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back here training. How does the Let's training work. work for you? What do you do?
2: So pretty much we work out twice a day. So in the morning, it'll either be linear movements so working on our 40s and just doing like a lot of 20 yard splits and then that and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays usually we do like side to side movements working on our three cone drill our five ten fives, 5s and things like that and then in the afternoons usually a lift session so either we do upper body or lower body each day alternate.
1: I know obviously you haven't gone through this process before but have you gotten any kind of feedback in regards to how the draft process or the preparation process has changed since not a lot of people know what it's going to look like leading up to the draft. So y'all are all kind of preparing for what y'all don't know.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So uh,
3: pretty much we're just
2: all preparing for our pro days at this point since there's no real NFL combine. So that's where a lot of scouts and teams can come see us. So that's pretty much all we're just preparing for now, which mine is at the end of March. So I still got a little while.
1: How was the senior Bowl? Obviously, you caught the touchdown, but the week itself, what all did you get out of it?
2: The week was amazing, honestly. It was a once in a lifetime experience that a lot of people don't get to experience. So, I mean, I'm de- I was definitely thankful and just grateful for the opportunity to be able to go compete against the best of the best. So, it was really fun throughout the week. I mean, like I said, just competing against the best of the best every day, just seeing the way they worked and different things that they'd done that I haven't seen before. It was fun and exciting. I mean, I got to learn a lot from the Dolphins coaching staff also, like, getting back into the NFL verbiage and words that they and language that they use. So pretty much just, it was fun, honestly. It was a lot of learning. I, would say. I learned a lot, and I'm thankful for it.
1: What is the difference language-wise? Because you hear it all the time that the NFL right. is starting to be more modeled after the college game as far as concepts and things like that. But the language, yeah. how different is it there? So
2: the language is honestly like the plays. I mean, versus the plays at Ole Miss. Like at Ole Miss, we had like one word, and it'd be like a whole play or a whole field concept, and then maybe have like another word for backside. But just getting used to like the NFL verbiage, where it's like one fifty-four, Z go, X hitch, Y flat. Just like getting used to that type verbiage again. Just it's like longer. That's what I would say. So just getting used to hearing a long call again, and just having to listen for your responsibility.
1: What were the coaches trying to get out of you in particular? What did they say to you, the feedback you got from them specifically?
2: So the feedback I pretty much got from them was just more <clears throat> working on my run blocking, just because, I mean, my pass blocking, we did a lot of one-on-ones during the week, so it was more just being able to focus really on getting my pass, my run blocking down even more and just even better, so I mean, that was a lot that we I worked on with the, my position coach, Mike Judge, who is one of their personnel assistants, so... That was one thing I got a lot of coaching on from him and a lot of feedback. So, I mean, I took that, and uh, every day after practice when we watched him, I'd write notes on it and what I could do better and just try to improve the next day, which I think I did.
1: Is that something you really asked to do a lot at Temple and Ole Miss?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I played in four different offenses, so the thing was really, like, when I was at Temple, we I did a lot more hand in the ground, hand in the dirt, motioning across, doing a lot of H-back inserts, and split zone. But then when I got to Ole Miss, it was more like perimeter blocking, backside cutoff, still inserts. But I really didn't have my hand in the ground since they like the type of office that we had. So, I mean, it was just kind of I mean, I've done all the hand in the ground type blocking like years before this. So I was used to it, but I kind of just stared away from this since I got to Ole Miss. So I was pretty much just getting back used to it, just getting back to you having my hand in the ground.
1: Is it wrong of me to say, though, that a lot of the modern NFL looks at tight ends like big wide receivers and you kind of fit that mold. So how much do you actually have to put your hand in the ground in the NFL?
2: Yes, sir. You're right. Um, Yeah, pretty much the NFL is just shaping more towards speedy and big tight ends, honestly, just athletic. So, I mean, that's more in my favor. Definitely. I would say so, but I mean, I feel like every NFL team at some point, like you're going to need a tight end who's able to put their hand in the ground and block and, Block the six technique, nine technique. So, I mean, it's just something that I want to do. It's something that I've always wanted to do, even when I was at Temple. I I want to keep getting better at it, because if I could do both, they'll never have to take me off and put me on the sidelines. So that's the goal.
1: What have you heard from NFL talent evaluator scouts, personnel people, about what your draft positioning is, if you've heard anything at all?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I've been here in like third to fifth round, but, I feel like it'll definitely go up with – I still have to run my 40. They still have to see me run routes in person and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's still a lot of things that go – there's a lot of things that go into this. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, I'm going to keep working real hard every day. And just a lot of the NFL teams say they love my speed, the route running, the way I separate from linebackers and safety. So, I mean, that's a good thing. And I just want to keep getting better, even better and better, because I know there's still always lots of room for improvement.
1: Is there a target number for you as far as the 40 come Ole Miss Pro Day?
2: Yeah, honestly, I'm going to run a four, high four, five, low 4.6. That's I'm moving,
1: man. That's moving. You're a big dude. I mean, how, how far Seriously. have you come in that respect as far as getting faster?
2: I was like 2.15 when I got to high school, so I ran track my senior year. So that's really how I started building up speed. But, I mean, just like running and just learning a lot from coaches I've had previous years how to run. I mean, it's really much different running a 40. The 40 is a lot more technique and just, like, focus on pushing off the ground instead of, like, cycling. That's a lot of things that I've been learning since I've been here. Just, like, the beginning of your 40 is the most important Um, because once you reach maximum speed, that's your maximum speed. You just have to maintain that. So, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much it. Honestly, just learning. I've been learning a lot since I've been here at Exos. Uh, We have a great uh, strength coach and speed coach, so... Yeah. I just I just plan I just really plan to run that high four four five, low four six and that's the
1: goal. This is what you came to Ole Miss for, right? To open yourself up, to get more opportunity. Do you feel like the Ole Miss experience was everything you expected and wanted it to be?
2: Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt, honestly it was even more than I expected. I'm I'm so grateful for all the things I was able to accomplish this year and just winning games with the team, winning meaningful S C C games, you know, playing against the best competition in the country so it was it was really fun I'm just excited that the coaches took a chance on me and put put their trust in me and I put my trust in my teammates and just worked real hard so I'm very very thankful that I was able to come to Ole Miss and be a part of that family
1: I never really got to talk to you about this but how did that recruitment work I mean how did they approach you about that how did Ole Miss get involved and who all did you pick Ole
2: So, I entered the portal after our last game, um, was talking to my old coaches that coached me at Temple, pretty much, and they were at Baylor, so I had Matt Rule, so I decided to go down there visit with my family, loved it, loved everything that we were about, and I just wanted to get the ball more, that was pretty much the whole re- reason for leaving Temple was just trying to get the ball more, ball more and get myself out there, so I committed to Baylor a couple weeks later, then... I seen Matt Rule had left and I was still following Baylor, but then I seen Coach Lebby, who coached UCF um, the year before that. And actually, that year that we played him, they beat us 63 to 28. So I just knew his offense, loved his offense. And I was just like, hmm, let me message Coach Lebby since he followed me when I was still committed to Baylor. Messaged him, sent me his number, called him pretty much. We talked. They said they watched my film, they loved me, they want me to take a visit there. So I took a visit and told Baylor that I would let them know, take a visit. And then it was just like everything I could imagine. I had Momo as a host, who was a great guy. I had Coach Kiffin there. We had Coach Finley and everybody there. So just being with all of them and just seeing the area and what they told me how they were going to use me and the different type of things that they do was just like a no-brainer to go play in the SEC for Coach Kiffin.
1: We've heard about how good of a recruiter Jeff Lebby is, but what is Lane Kiffin like when he's trying to recruit you, when he's pitching you to come to his school?
2: He really just tells you straight up how it is, like what what you need to do, what they want from you, what they want you to do, and it was just simple, honestly. It was like, you're going to come here, you're athletic, you're going to catch balls, you can block, you can do everything you need to do and just work hard, and you'll see. That was pretty much it. (laughs) That was his pitch.
1: And it's really interesting because immediately – you and Elijah merged as one and two as the pass-catching options. It seemed like a seamless transition. Did it feel that way the minute you stepped onto the practice field and started to kind of get settled into the offense? Was it pretty easy for you to get into it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I would definitely would say that. I mean, Elijah's a smart guy. I'm a smart football player also. So, I mean, it was, I don't think it was hard at all for neither of us to learn the playbook and just know exactly where to be. And then also having that timing and that, trust with Matt, just building that trust over the whole year and just that all really started from March, February, just running routes with each other and just setting up
1: timing, really. There was no spring and behind the scenes, there wasn't really a quarterback battle, but in the public, you heard about a quarterback battle. When did y'all know that Matt was that dude?
2: I knew, I knew right off rip, honestly, when we were running, when I got there, what, January, end of January, stuff. we were, workouts and we were able to run routes with each other then so I knew right then and there I remember running routes with him and just seeing the way he slung that ball it was just it was just different honestly much different than all the quarterbacks I've had in the past he just has that it factor about him honestly
1: what went in then to the decision to opt out with you and Elijah the last two games and do you regret it at all considering how the Outback Bowl went
2: um so I mean I played the South so the South Carolina game, I caught a pass I got twisted up wrong and pulled my hip flex in my groin. I couldn't really run. So next week for a couple of days I didn't practice. Then I played in the Mississippi State game with the wrap on, still wasn't fully healthy, but then I was still gonna keep playing, but then the next week I we got hit with Corona, Texas A and M and I was with our training staff for a month, not really getting any better, so I mean, I was still like gimpy and stuff like that. wasn't my full self, so I just really didn't. I've been. I talked with the coaches, talked with my family, and just really didn't want to put bad stuff on film because I wasn't playing 100. percent So, um, yeah, throughout that whole week, Texas A&M, I just thought about it, talked to my coaches, and thought the best decision for me was to start getting rehab somewhere else and start getting preparing myself for the next level. So, I mean, it was all that. It was a lot of thought into it. Um, it wasn't easy at all. It really sucked because um, I wanted to play LSU game. I wanted That was a big game for me because LSU beat us last year, so I wanted to play LSU. And then also playing the bowl game since I didn't play my bowl game at Temple my last year. So it, it really sucked. It did, just knowing that I couldn't be myself and just playing the game. But I'm glad that they won the Outback Bowl and that they played real hard. I also knew that we had some good tight ends behind us, so it's not like I was leaving the team handicapped fully, so yes, sir, that was really all that, that went into it.
1: Yeah, the Outback Bowl, what was that experience like for you? Because it really was the culmination of a season that there were so many unknowns, right? I mean, y'all didn't know what week y'all were playing, uh, which teams. I mean, it just switched up all year. The schedule changed immediately, the practice schedule. The end of the year was just a mess, so mm-hmm. to go through all that, but then to see the reward, which was a win over a top – 11 team in the country in indiana what kind of reward was that for you and just to see your teammates get to experience that too
2: oh i was so happy i was so happy i remember i was home over christmas break at that point and i just watched the whole game and just seeing casey kelly score a touchdown and man it just made me so happy inside and just to see the way drum went to work uh matt took leadership and just seeing the way our defense played too also otis had an interception so it was just like it was a lot of things that a lot of things that made me happy, and I was just excited to see them go out there. And they played real hard, played real tough, and they are playing our brand of Ole Miss football.
1: Okay, I got to ask you this. You brought up Otis, and Otis mm-hmm. went through an absolutely ridiculous waiting period with the NCAA. As teammates, how did y'all support him in that? How frustrating was it for him? And how did y'all help him get through it?
2: Pretty much it was an everyday thing. I mean, I know it's something – For me, if I was in his position, I would have been thinking about it every day. And I know the way he loves football. So I know it just burned me inside just having to see him after games. He'd be like, bro, great game like last Saturday. Like telling me how happy he was for me and just being excited. Like he's a great person at heart. I mean, he never, he never like pulled back at practice. He went even harder at practice. He was on a scout defense giving us a great look. Never came to practice and whine. He could have complained. He could have did a lot of bunch of other stuff in the sand. I'm not playing. I'm opting out, doing all this other stuff. But he just kept his head down. That's what I really admired about him during that whole process. He kept his head down, just kept working real hard. So, I mean, like a person like that, how can you not support them, really? So, I mean, I would, I would talk to him all the time. I know there's some days he'd be more down than others, but always just uplifting, and that's what teammates are for, honestly. And I know I wasn't the only one doing it.
1: I know a lot of for a lot of Ole Miss fans, it was where did Casey Kelly come from? Did you know he had that in him?
2: Oh yeah, I knew. When he, yeah, I knew that. I knew he had that in him, th- without a doubt. I know it was probably
1: new to a lot of
2: fans, but we we all knew that. It's not it's not even just me. Like even our teammates knew that. They knew that he he can run routes, he can catch the ball, and he could do in the blocking game. Also, I know you guys probably seen a couple plays from this year where he's knocking people on their butt and stuff like that. So. I mean, we always knew that, so it wasn't really a big surprise to anyone. He, he's, a, he's a baller.
1: Looking at the offense next year, without you, without Elijah, what do you think the offense will look like? Do you think they'll be able to just pick up where they left off, so to speak, and um, really make a run at things again?
2: Yeah, definitely, and even in hopes of them having a spring ball, that would definitely help them also. So I really don't don't think there'll be that much big of a difference, honestly. I feel like they're going to all go out there out there and have something to prove, because I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Kenny's not there, Elijah's not there, like, oh, we don't know, but I I really still believe that Coach Kiffin and Coach Levy will have them right, and they'll do great things. I think the defense is going to be even even better this year also, and they're going to go work real hard. Um, I know a lot of people are taking self reflection on the team and just looking at themselves, and I just know for a fact that they're going to come out harder.
1: The tight end room assuming that they don't add anyone is there enough talent there in your opinion
2: Uh, yeah definitely um we got chase trace rogers we have jonathan has casey kelly obviously so i feel like they'll be great and also they just added a new tight end from high school so he's supposed to be pretty good so I, I really plan on it and i know they just got the new tight ends coach from usc so i'm hoping to meet him once i get that back down there but It seems like they'll do fine. I mean, Coach Finley was a great coach. Uh, He taught us a lot. I I mean, I talk with them every other day, I would say. We have like a group chat. So I just told him, I said, pretty much, I mean, coaches come and leave. Coaches come and go with players and make the team. So I just told him, just take what you learned from Coach Finley and just acquire what you're about to learn from the new coach and just keep working on your craft every day so you guys can be the best.
1: I asked this to Ben Brown. I'll ask it to you before we get out of here. Is Matt Corral a Heisman candidate going into next year?
2: Oh, thousand percent, a hundred percent 100%. Without a doubt, he is. There it is. He should be.
1: Oh, I forgot There's to mention, no... Royce Newman was there with you at the Senior Bowl. How was that to have him there? And it looked like he performed well, too.
2: Yeah, it was fun, honestly. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Jim Nagy didn't put me on. I was supposed to be on his team, but they put me on that Dolphins team on purpose because I had Coach Matt rule at Temple. So I wasn't really on the same team as him, but I mean, I heard from a lot of the guys and I heard from him himself that he had a great week and he had fun. Um, I would see him when I would see him because we were kind of like separate because of the whole COVID situation, but it was great. It was honestly fun having another teammate there just representing Ole Miss and I'm just thankful for it.
1: I forgot about the Matt Rule connection. What is he like? Oh, it was really cool. I seen him on
2: my first day there. He was excited to see me. I mean, I was his last recruiting class at Temple. So, um, yeah, he was just really excited. He's a great guy. He gets the best out of you um, any way he can. And he's just a a great coach, honestly. He's an offensive and defensive coach. You know, some coaches usually are just one side of the ball. He does both. And that's what I really admired about him.
1: Since the Ole Miss experience is over, what's going to be your most lasting memory from your time at Ole Miss? It was brief. But still, the production was pretty incredible.
2: Oh, I would definitely say the Mississippi State game, the Egg Bowl, just like the whole week and then leading up to the game, how everybody just talked about it and how everybody wanted to win it. And it was just meant like such a big, big thing to Ole Miss fans. That's really what I think will stick with me forever. I mean, I wish I got to experience it without the whole COVID, but it was still a great, great experience.
1: Okay, wait. Now, if you get announced in a starting lineup on NBC or whatever, and they're going through, and it's like Kenny Yaboa, is it Ole Miss? Is it Temple? What are you shouting out?
2: Uh, I don't know. I might just say both. I can't. I I was at Temple for four years. I can't. I can't leave them out. So I might. I might have to say Ole Miss and slash Temple, or Temple slash Ole Miss. I'm have to. I haven't
3: really, that's funny that you asked me that because I haven't, I haven't thought about that yet. Right,
1: right. What's the Hottie toddy equivalent at Temple? What's their phrase?
3: Uh,
2: Temple Tough. There you go. That's what they said. Yeah, so Temple you Tuff say Kenny, yeah,
1: Kenny Eboa, Hottie Toddy, and Temple Tough. Perfect. Yeah, there was, yeah. honestly, that is perfect. <laughs> we just Even solved it. it there you go yeah you did you, you did. came on talk of champions with Ben Garrett and all of a sudden we just solved the problem and, and now you don't even have to think about it so there you go he's Kenny Yaboa, <laughs> no. former Ole Miss yes, tied end, now going to the NFL best of luck man thanks for doing this and we'll talk again yes sir of course thank you I appreciate it Mr. Garrett Oxford Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer the sun is shining the square is popping and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss athletics events in person what could be better but the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Chinese Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBen on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Women phone line is current Ole Miss Center third-generation Rebel, Ben Brown. Ben, thanks for coming on, man. How you doing?
3: Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And I wanted to make sure I got this right. Both of your granddads played for Johnny Vault, and your dad played for Billy Brewer, right?
3: That's right. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah, so you had no choice but to end up an Ole Miss Rebel.
3: (laughs) had no choice and uh funny story actually with uh both my granddads they were actually uh suite mates together as well while they're at Ole Miss so small world
1: <laughs> and I don't want to retread old ground here because you've been asked about your family history with Ole Miss countless times so I'll phrase it this way what was it like growing up in such a dedicated football family was there ever a question that football was the future for you or did they kind of let you find it for yourself
3: you know really my uh my dad did a great job with uh kind of letting me do whatever i wanted and uh he encouraged me along the way and uh he let me make my own decisions and uh but really honestly we didn't uh we didn't have a ton of money growing up my uh my dad he's a pastor and so we actually didn't go to a bunch of the football games except a couple here and there whenever I was growing up but um whenever I started getting recruited, you know, you get uh, two complimentary tickets to go to the game. So that's when I went to even more games, but I'd always try to keep up on TV from home for sure.
1: Do you remember the first Ole Miss game you ever attended?
3: Um, I think the, the one that I remember (laughs) a long time ago, I think it was, uh, I think it was Ole Miss played UAB my, uh, my grandparents took me, and
1: uh
3: <laughs> it was cold. It was a night game uh but I, I i think I was probably about eight years old, so
1: oh my I, God, I, I loved I was,
3: every second of it.
1: was that the joe webb game
3: uh um, it's so long ago i I'm not even sure to be honest
1: <laughs> here's the question did u a b almost pull the upset on this
3: I think so i think yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think what ended up happening uh was that it got a little too cold for me and my cousins. so uh we ended up packing up about third quarter, so we didn't have enough blankets up in the stand here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It gets like that sometimes. With your family, you must have been learning about game schematics and strategy around the frickin' kitchen table. Your late grandfather, <laughs> Alan Brown, he was one of the greatest players in Ole Miss history. What are some of the war stories from their playing days that they passed down to you that have stuck with you as you started on your own career?
3: You know, honestly, they, they never really, like um, – my family never really harped on, you know, like, Oh, like you're being an old Miss rebel or you're uh, <laughs> you're going to play in Oxford one day. You know, they, my family's just, my whole entire life has just been really good, especially with all my siblings uh, just kind of letting us decide what we wanted to do growing up and all that. And, uh, but also my family also did say, Hey, you know, if you did get the opportunity to play in Oxford, Mississippi, here's all that you're uh, going to be coming with. So, um, uh, you know, just really my my family. They I love hearing stories about both my grand both my grandfathers. Whenever they're alive, they they tell me all these they these great stories they'd have and how times were a little bit different back then. Like, uh, <laughs> I think my uh, grandfather he actually both my grandfathers would hunt in the grove, squirrel hunt. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that kind of tells you a little bit. Yes, sir. <laughs> that tells you a little bit how times were different back then. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Did they ever tell you about Wobble Davidson? I'm sure they did, and it's been a while since I've heard
3: a few of their stories.
1: Yeah, the Wobble Davidson stuff is effectively, he would put all this, the players through boot camps, and they were just absolutely brutal. So those days, and Johnny, you're right, it was a different time, and yes, practices are tough, but back then, I mean, it's out in the field, dirt patches, scraping everything, yeah, I can't even imagine how that goes you made That's 33 right. consecutive starts you played right guard as a freshman split time between guard and center last year and one of the first roster moves for Lane Kiffin and staff once they arrived at Ole Miss was shifting you over to center full time when you got that news were you surprised
3: um you know I'm I think that I'm a big team guy I'll do whatever the coaches want me to do and uh the most important thing is winning and if winning was putting me at center and a position that I had to grow more comfortable and confident with which i did as the season progressed then i was on board with it so
1: what were the conversations like what did they say to you that prompted you to move there did they have rationale to explain it to you
3: um no sir not really uh i just would kind of transition to center some more during the summertime we had we had like an ota approach with uh since the season got pushed back a little bit and we didn't have spring football we were Allotted extra practices, not in pads or anything, but, you know, just shirt and shorts and helmets and kind of going through the schemes and learning everything. And I was kind of slowly just being brought up into that role of moving the center full time.
1: Well, I asked that because talking to NFL talent evaluators for the last couple of years, you were always viewed as a next level talent. I mean, I've compared you to Chris Spencer. But when you were recruited, there was really no position identified for you of, okay, this is what he's going to be. And you committed to Ole Miss at a really tough time. Was it difficult when you did commit to make that decision? What was that like for you, that whole recruitment process, considering where Ole Miss was to where it is now?
3: (laughs) You know, really, there was uh, no question in my mind that I want to be an Ole Miss Rebel. Um, You know, growing up my entire life and then being an Ole Miss fan and then, Almost football is so exciting to watch whenever I was in high school and, you know, seeing the sugar bowl, my, my dad, brother and I, we actually, we went to that game and, uh, you know, the game was determined at halftime. so that, that was really special. And, uh, you know, when I had the opportunity, I just, I, I had to take it. And I remember when my recruitment was starting to pick up a little bit, I think my junior year and, uh, started to get a couple of scholarship offers. And I remember, uh, that Friday, uh, it was a Friday. I think it was a couple of weeks after signing day. Uh, Grant Hurd had sent me a uh, text message saying he wanted to call me. You know, of course, I, it's probably eleven thirty. I'd say, hey, I got, I got to go to the bathroom. Hey, <laughs> talk to Coach Hurd real quick. And um, he offered me a scholarship, and I was, uh, I was crying my eyeballs out in the bathroom. <laughs> I just told my parents, and they all came up to the school after. And
1: man, that was that was a special day. It had to be so strange then to see Grant Hurd on a different sideline and playing against the team that he now coaches for in Indiana.
3: Right. Yes, sir. You know, I actually uh, I got a chance to see Coach Hurd uh, after the game, and I, just, I thanked him for taking a chance on me and for giving me a blessing of a lifetime and opportunity that I've been dreaming of for forever. And uh, I'm just really grateful for him.
1: So. I'll be honest. Grant hates cold weather. I know that about him. So him fitting at in Indiana <laughs> is so funny to me. The idea of Grant just bundled up with like right. eight different coats, you know that dude hates cold weather.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably probably tough going from, uh, you know, the coldest it gets in Oxford's about thirty five degrees or so, and you know that's probably a typical day in Indiana. I'm not really an expert on Indiana weather, but <laughs> <laughs> I just assume that it's it's a lot it's a lot more brutal than it is down here. So.
1: Yeah, best of luck with that, Grant. Um, but those first couple <laughs> of years for you, man, I mean, the the success just wasn't there. I mean, y'all worked hard and y'all put it all out there, but the results weren't there. How tough was that to go through that? And once you did get through it, and then you have a season in which you win the Outback Bowl, what's that like? What's that feeling like for you?
3: You know, I'll be honest with you. Yes, um, it was tough, you know, going through uh, – some tough losses that we had early on in my career. But at the same time, this is this is what I've been wanting to do my entire life. And just just to even have the opportunity to put on that red and blue and go out on the field with some teammates that I call my brothers, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> that, that, that just meant more than anything right there. You know, uh, obviously you do want to win and you want to compete and you want to be the best team in the SEC in the nation. But, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm just grateful that i've even given the opportunity because so many people aren't so many people wish that they had the opportunity that i had so i don't want to waste a single day of it
1: we'll get back to old miss center ben brown in this edition of talk of champions after i tell you briefly about alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford a proud sponsor of talk of champions finally at long last oxford is getting back to normal the sun is shining those dreary winter months they're behind us better yet you actually get to experience old miss athletics events in person what a world what better way to get there than in a new car truck or jeep the only place to go for your next vehicle is alan samuel Chrysler dodge jeep Ram of oxford a proud sponsor of talk of champions they'll take care of you and i know because i've bought a car there myself and the experience was too easy seamless even their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price so reach out today don't wait Give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue, just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, Christ of Nod, Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. I have this flash idea that it's your dad, just like Rudy, his dad standing in the stands and then Rudy runs out of the tunnel. Here comes Ben Brown out of the tunnel. The tears <laughs> start streaming, man. That just had to be a family moment. That was just pretty special.
3: It it was really, really emotional, especially my, uh, my first game we played Texas tech and, uh, I got the start at right guard. It was my very first game. Cause you know, back then, uh, my first year there in 2017, they didn't have the rule yet where if you're red shirted, you could play in four games. Like it is now. Like back then, if you played one snap, you were done. And I remember my freshman year, I almost had my red shirt burn. We were playing, I think, Tennessee Martin, and uh I told the twos to go in for like the last three minutes. And uh <laughs> I went to grab my helmet because I was the second string, uh either left or right guard. So I'm like, okay, I guess as I guess we're, we're rolling right now. And I grab my helmet, and Coach Luke grabs my helmet from me, and uh, he says, "Get your butt on the sidelines. You ain't going in right <laughs> now." <sir." laughs> So I I didn't get my playing time until uh, Texas Tech, but I was blessed enough to be able to get in and start rolling, starting. So that was very, very exciting.
1: What was your introduction to college football? That one hit that you went, oh God, okay. This is the next (laughs) level. You know, I'd probably
3: have to say immediately from the practice standpoint was uh, huge. I mean, just the fact how coaches, college coaches utilize time. So we have... Coaches spend hours scripting practice, making sure it's perfect. And you only have so much time during the day. So they'll literally have segments of practice and they'll have to blow horns for each period, just so you're utilizing all your time and making sure you're going over everything you need to go to. But I think it was my first, it was my first fall camp and uh, it was raining outside. So we ended up having to practice inside and it was like our second day and of- Pads. I think it was our first day of full pads. We had done a couple of day in shells, and uh, I had to block Breland Speaks. And, whew, he <laughs> That man was good. He uh, he threw me down on the ground real easy, and uh, <laughs> he kind of told me that this is how it was in the SEC. So I better get buckled up, ready to go. So
1: yeah, you only need one experience like that to know what you got to do the next time to not get knocked down on your butt again. You know, you just got you just need that Until one year. time. <laughs>
3: It'll wake you up quick, that's for sure. It's just yeah. good for me. So.
1: Yeah. Well, this year, you got your first Egg Bowl win, your first postseason appearance, the Outback Bowl win. Just so much went right. We didn't get access to you guys. I mean, fans didn't really get access to you guys. It was really just the coaches and the team. So what were some stories from this year that people might not know? Just a story that sticks out to you when this team came together and it all started to click.
3: Um. There are a couple times this season, uh, I think from the very beginning of the season, whenever we played Florida, I think we realized like, oh, dang, like we can be a good football team. I mean, we were, I mean, Matt was running all over the field. Elijah had over, I think, 200 receiving yards. And I think that really like surprised a whole lot of us. And uh, before the Kentucky game, um, I just wanted to tell everyone that I, I, I was able to, Coach Kiffin and uh, Coach Love gave me an opportunity to say something to the team the night before the game, and I was just telling everyone that, look, I'm, I'm tired of Ole Miss being disrespected. I'm tired of seeing us be on the back burner of so many team schedules. I, I wanted teams to look at us and say, oh, here we go. We're about to play Ole Miss, not, oh, here's Ole Miss. This is an easy win, and uh, I just want to tell everyone that we're good enough to win. And we're good enough to bring SEC championships to this school. We're good enough. We have the talent. We have the coaches. And it's just time to start doing it. And uh, we had that big-time overtime win in Kentucky. And I think that just really just brought us some confidence. Like, hey, like, we actually are really good. We actually do have the talent and the coaches. And our team is close. And we just got a lot of good going on. And I think having a good SEC win like that just really just kind of built up our confidence some because I didn't even realize this. I was telling Royce Newman uh, in the locker room after the game that that last season, 2019, I don't think we – the last time we've won an SEC road game was my redshirt freshman year against Arkansas in Little Rock. And I told Royce that, and he was just as surprised as I were, but that also made us realize, like, we're we're good enough to roll with the big dogs. So
1: Yeah, and that Kentucky game I feel like was the turning point to get things going.
3: Absolutely. Uh, I think we were all just bought in completely and we, we all just, just from the Kentucky game. I mean, I was, I was surprised myself like just how efficient we were running our offense and seeing us move down the field because the whole talk of the all season, you know, obviously it was COVID and everything, but whenever we didn't know we were going to play Florida until about two or three weeks before we actually played them before we kicked off. And I remember the word was then like, Oh, Florida's gonna, you know, uh, make a run for the SEC and potentially go to the playoffs. And we obviously knew not you know they, they didn't make the playoffs, but they did go to the SEC championship game. And so we knew we had a big test at our hands, but but just it was just so great to seeing guys just still staying up during the game and still just wanting to fight for all quarters. So
1: Look, I played offensive line in high school. That's not a brag. I wasn't any good. But I played offensive line <laughs> in high school, and I know how difficult it is to be good because you don't get recognition when you're good. You only get acknowledged when you do something and screw up. And this (laughs) year, the offensive line, you didn't really notice the offensive line, which is the best compliment I can possibly give y'all. And for you, it was learning pre-snap blocking assignments, calling out defensive adjustments. The snapping got better to where it wasn't a problem anymore at the end of the year. The offensive line as a whole, if you had to assess it, I mean, would you not grade y'all out as pretty high? I
3: thought we did great. I thought we had a great season uh, considering we also had a lot of young guys that uh, really stepped up and really upped their game and played hard, played physical. And I think we got so much better as the year went on. And uh, I think that the potential is just just not even tapped yet. I think we have so much even just more untapped potential, especially on the offensive line. And we got so much better as the season went on. But now – we're all just so excited and getting ready for the 2021 season and what we can do then, what we can prove people, how, how physical of a unit we can be.
1: Four and five in the SEC probably correlates to an eight or nine win season in a normal year. So what are the expectations for y'all in the locker room? What do y'all believe is the goal going into next year? Because I talked to Jacques Jones. He says the playoff. Is that kind of where you are?
3: Absolutely. Yes, sir. We want to be the best version of Ole Miss football. And uh, I believe that we're going to shock some people next year. I really do. I really think we're going to have a good season, and everyone's bought in. I mean, you, you saw how many guys decided to come back because we're all so invested in this team and in this program, and I think that just rubs off on younger guys as well and also his recruits that uh, we're building something special here in Oxford.
1: What is Lane Kiffin like in a locker room?
3: You know, <laughs> he's he's great. He's uh, he's not really like a a guy that comes in and and says a bunch you know he he says what needs to be said and uh he gets us ready for every single game and uh, we love playing for him
1: what about jeff levy wilson love they're all different big personalities and they all bring something different this coaching staff that many Ole miss fans just haven't gotten to know because just of how media relations works what are they like for you guys i mean did they kind of grab y'all pretty early did y'all know pretty early that this is a special group potentially
3: Of course. Yes, sir. I mean, they're all, they're all high energy guys. Um, They all really uh, what I love about this staff is uh, kind of placing responsibilities on players and really making this team a player led team versus just coaches leading. And uh, I've seen that firsthand guys stepping up left and right, trying to make this more of a player run team. And uh, if you have a player run team, And that's dangerous because if if your teammates are leading one another, then you're going to fight even that much harder for the guy next
1: to you. Well, you being one of the leaders, one of the faces of the program, a fan favorite, (laughs) going to leave as one of the best offensive linemen in school history, I'm going to ask you this point blank. Is Matt Corral a Heisman candidate going into next year? You're a center. You give me the definitive answer.
3: 100%. No doubt. Matt Corral is definitely a Heisman favorite next year.
1: You heard it right there. It's Ben Brown. Ole Miss Center, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. The energy is infectious. You got me amped up right now, and I'm just doing an interview. (laughs) Thank you, brother. I appreciate you.
3: Absolutely. Just thankful for being on here. Thank you all.